0: You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network,
1: your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers Wednesday edition. You know what that means? We have a very special guest joining us today as he does every Wednesday, Mr. Nick Winkler, joining me, Brian Peacock, and Eric Crocker, at BD Peacock, at Eric underscore Crocker. That's where you get those questions in. We're going to hit some of your questions today, but more importantly, we've got trade deadline. New players, new players, joining. one new player joining the 49ers. Maybe some of the players out there that are still available that we'll have to talk about here. So let's get into some of this stuff and bring on today's guest. Nicholas Winkler, come on down. Nicholas. What's happening, man? How are you it's today, a- Nick? Are you pumped on Charles Amenahu?
0: Yeah, I mean a pass rusher. Come on. That, that's what I live on. I love defense, man. Let's go. That's no, it's a, a different field today, right? Coming on uh, we coming off a win, you know, after after what, four straight losses? Like that was that was rough, man. This is this is nice. And and you know, you got your your kickers coming back, you know, people starting to get healthy.
1: Let's go. It's all about the kicking game. Once, he, once the Niners get that squared away, it's all downhill the rest of the season, and they're going to roll right into the playoffs.
0: Yeah, I think maybe let's just uh, take a, a page out of last week and don't putt.
1: this <laughs> It was messed up, right? They made the punter join the team after having a child at yeah. 7 a.m., and then he didn't even have to use him. He could have just yeah. stayed with his newborn baby.
0: Yeah. He's a good holder, though. He, he was holding well That's for true. the extra. Well, no, they missed two kicks, so maybe not.
1: That's all That's all sly. They, they, they need Robbie Goldback for sure. I'm a little bit worried that 49ers' second-round yeah, pick I, next year is going to be a kicker now too.
2: It worked out for the Raiders. Man, can you believe in – I bet right now the analytical world would be going crazy, but Janikowski, he was taking first round. First round. <laughs> like, we'll never see that again, right? No,
1: no, no, no. We better not see second round, third round. Like, for a kicker yeah. – they put points on the board. I could see kicker before punter even. So, you know, maybe third round, fourth round for a kicker. I still wouldn't do that. But, um, yeah, I don't want to get – I don't want to start from,
2: thinking uh, about – from he, he from? Aguero or whatever? Was what he from Florida State? That yeah. That drafted the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? And, I mean, they had to cut him like Oh, Roberto wow yeah. <laughs> yeah. That didn't that work yeah, that yeah. Well.
1: Uh, I, Nate Kading, I think, was a second or third round pick to the Chargers, was it, about 10 years ago? And he didn't turn out to be all that great. He was just kind of a, you know, regular old run-of-the-mill kicker.
0: I got a fun Nate Kading story real quick. So everybody out there who plays fantasy will like this one. So okay. we're at the draft a few years ago, and my buddy, like in the sixth round or something, is just like best kicker off the board, Nate Kading. And we're just like, what are you doing? You're so dumb. Like, this is ridiculous. That's the season where on the opening kickoff of week one, Nate Kading, like tore out his MC- ACL and missed the rest of the year. Oh, we was like, oh, that's perfect.
1: You always have that guy in your fantasy football league that just wants to get every position group first. They're the first one yeah. to get a defense, even though there's not that big of a difference in the top defenses. The first one to draft a quarterback, the first one to draft a kicker. Is they feel like they're stacked, and then they realize, oh, wait, I don't have enough running backs to finish the season. I don't have very good right. wide receivers.
0: And I got dropped
2: my kicker in my bye week, and what what now? (laughs)
1: Yeah, where I got to hold two defenses, hold two kickers.
2: (laughs) I don't even know if I won my fantasy uh, matchups this past weekend. I I was just—I think I was so—I was so uh, shameless plug here, tuned into my uh, underdog fantasy stuff with my under/over bets and everything. And I was just so locked in on that that I don't think I even paid attention to my actual fantasy teams.
1: It's it's really easy. There was a week where I forgot I had a bunch of guys on bye week, and then I was like, oh, shoot, last second. Because, you know, we've got multiple apps with all your different leagues and different things going on. I was like, oh, I've got the one league on Sleeper. i got to check that one. And it was ten oh one, and I had seven Ooh. guys on bye. It's this really deep league. And it was like, whoops, sorry. I wasn't going to win anyway that week. I was, I was really screwed, and I have a bad team there. And this week, I found out halfway through the early games, I didn't notice in the morning – that uh, this was in the Peacock and Williamson fantasy football league. I know there's some listeners here of Lockdown 49ers that listen to uh, Peacock and Williamson. By the way, thanks for making us your first listen every day. Um th- uh J- Calvin Ridley was yeah. I didn't know that he had just taken himself out and it was like, "Okay, well, I guess I'm getting a zero there." Uh so fantasy football it's fun. Yeah, when you have a lot of leagues, it's nice when you're drafting in week 1 and you're all fresh and then you start to get to mid-season and sometimes it's hard to keep up. Of course. Charles Amenehu, former University of Texas defensive lineman, former Houston Texans defensive lineman. He's been in the state of Texas for quite a while, now traveling to California to play for the 49ers. Croc, what was your first reaction to the 49ers making a surprising trade this morning before the deadline?
2: Didn't know who he was. so (laughs) uh, I, I just searched him real quick and was like, okay, is he... You know, is he productive? You know, even if it's just a few sacks, I saw zero sacks this season, but seven sacks over his career. So uh, ultimately, I can't get the decision that it doesn't move me either way. But it was good to see them, you know, try to make some type of move. Well, the Rams, you know, they went and got Von Miller. So you got to get a, you know, you got to go get a minute, a minute, a minute, (laughs) a minute, a minute. It's a balance. Been, it's it's listen, no Peacock's been practicing his name before he got on the show.
1: I remember a minute who from University of Texas. Come on, Croc. Locked on NFL draft. You gotta you gotta know who, first of all, who's the top kicker in the draft this year? Do you, you got a name for us?
2: Is it uh what's his name? Dicker?
1: I have no idea. I'm asking you. I have no clue. I couldn't name a single <laughs> kicker in, in the It is now. <laughs> yeah, as
2: Dicker far as I'm concerned, top... he's
1: number one on the board. Um
2: Dicker the kicker.
1: I remember <laughs> From Texas. Wow. Speaking <laughs> of Texas, I remember a minute who from Texas. The, the The Longhorns have had recently, like the last decade, they've had these classic like looked apart players that aren't super dynamic. Like every year, they've got a defensive lineman that's in the draft. That's kind of a mid-round guy, but you know isn't really super explosive, but you know has height, weight, speed enough to be a draft prospect and is a you know someone who could get into the University of Texas and be a starting football player there. You know you've got to have a certain um, a certain build to be able to pull that off. But they've had got had a lot of guys that haven't really done a lot in the NFL. And in, in a minute who's just the same type of guy. He's six five. A 280. He had a 36.5 inch vertical at that size. These super Ooh. long 36-inch arms. Like he's got the length. He's got everything, but just lacks sort of that that twitch and that bend to get around the corner as a defensive end.
2: I will say Texas, they have had those kind of guys that, you know, Lil Jordan, I don't even know what kind of name this is, but Lil Jordan Humphreys. Yeah, Lil Jordan. Uh, he ended up going to the to the Saints. I'm not sure if he's still there. He ended up being undrafted, but he was a you know, he was a solid receiver in college. But right now, they have this prospect from Fresno, California. I believe it's in Fresno or Clovis in that area. Receiver. And he is going crazy. He's a true freshman, Xavier Worthy. He's going off. He looks like one of the best receivers in college football. He's only a true freshman. How California let him get away? I don't know. Mm. But he first was committed to Michigan, uh, ended up decommitting and going to Texas. And he's going crazy right now. So he's different from the other guys, the little Jordan Humphreys or the Amina Woo-Woo-Koos. Uh, different from those guys uh, he's more of a smaller like uh, uh dynamic type guy so maybe they're trying to get away from those big uh, kind of moving guys that yeah, you, the, you were the, kind of speaking
1: of the guys that are that are blue chip high school prospects the you know the five-star four-star guys but maybe the second tier of those top I think that's who ends up at Texas. You know, they still have the height and weight, but they're not quite as good as the guys who end up at Alabama, basically, uh, and some other uh, places. And then there's a big recruiting group of of young, talented players out of the state of Texas. But yeah, shame on the Pac-12 for letting Worthy go to Texas. Mm-hmm. Man, what are we doing here? Come on, they've been
2: letting everybody get away. Come on, Everybody's Pac-12. Getting away.
1: Did you guys hear the uh, all the questions for a bunch of NFL coaches about the USC job? Yeah. Is I love really Tomlin's. Funny. Mike oh, Tomlin, like, shut it down as hard as you can shut it down, and then um, <laughs> Urban Meyer is like uh, scratching his face, looking at the floor. He's like, "Oh yeah, well, you know, I kind of like my job right now." <laughs> it, was really, it was really funny the stark difference uh, in, in those. He's guys, thinking like, "I might questions. need
0: uh, to go after that job." <laughs> yeah,
1: he, he, he like just got off the phone with USC and then went out for his <laughs> press conference. <laughs> Wink, what do you think? Uh, it's a 2023 sixth-round pick to get a little depth on the D-line. You like it?
0: Yeah, I mean, like you said, he's probably just a rotational guy, you know, get in there occasionally, maybe just in pass rush uh, situations. And he he may shine now, you know, if he gets in there opposite Bosa, and, you know, Bosa's drawn a couple guys on the opposite side. I mean, you know, with D Ford hurt again, you know, who knows how long that's going to last. We, we've kind of been struck by that here the last few years, so they, they had to do a little something again i don't think it's a big splash move i don't think it's going to be a guy that sets the world on fire but but yeah for a sixth round pick in a couple of years i say that but then it's like wait elijah mitchell was a sixth round pick right. so maybe we don't want to get rid of those picks
1: hey but a minute who was a fifth round pick so oh there you swapping go swapping a sixth rounder for a fifth rounder so maybe that maybe that works um the That's
0: cash homie uh,
1: i'm trying to figure out how the 49ers envision using him cuz he's not like a speed edge guy he's not going to replace mm. d ford or anything like that um, he's almost, I would, the, the way I explained it on Twitter, someone asked who a good comp was and I couldn't really come up with a really good comparison for what the type of player he is. I, I said, he's kind of, he's only 24 years old, by the way, still, uh, yeah. I said, he's kind of like Eric Armstead's little brother, you know, like imagine Armstead, the style of plays player, he is sort of a bigger defensive end, but they can move inside a little bit and rush from the pass for there, but as a power early down end. He's kind of like that except for, you know, 12 pounds lighter kind of. So um, Armstead light. Yeah, got a lot of length to him. He can be uh, an early down defensive end. He can rush from the outside a little bit and rush from the inside a little bit. He's mostly a, a bull rush kind of guy as far as his pass rush moves go. More pressures, more QB hits than necessarily sacks. And Armstead's kind of the same way where he affects the game, but he's not a huge sack collector.
2: Yeah, when I saw 6'5, 280 pounds, that was the first thing that jumped in my mind. Like, that's eh, not like the speed bendy type guy coming mm-hmm. off of the edge. And then I s- saw somebody on Twitter kind of post a highlight of him, and he was playing like three tech. And I'm like, all right, I, I don't know what where this guy's gonna end up playing for the 49ers. <laughs> maybe, it- maybe somebody said, Well, is he replacing Kenlaw? He's about 50 pounds lighter than Kenlaw, but right. you know Well, maybe
1: he allow he it allows him to play outside at end, so Armstead can replace Kinlaw and be inside, inside, a bit inside more yeah. often. So maybe where actually,
2: Armstead should have been all along.
1: Kind of, yeah. Right. Kind of where he should have been all along. And Hurst is hurt too. So the 49ers do have some needs sort of across the line with all the injuries. And it's crazy how many resources the 49ers have put into the defensive line. The fact that they still have to go trade for a defensive lineman at the deadline with all the other needs they've had on the team and all the players they brought in at that position is kind of crazy. I want to talk about a huge story that's going on. In Las Vegas with Henry Ruggs, I mean, it's a terrible story. I just want to talk about that a little bit just because it's a huge story. I haven't had a chance to, to really talk about it, even though it doesn't really pertain to the 49ers much. And then a player that could maybe fit for the Niners, maybe fit for the Raiders to replace Ruggs if Ruggs is going to be out for a while now. Um, and that is a guy who maybe should have been a 49er all along. We'll talk about that next. And I do want to let my listeners know about a fantastic new app called Get Upside. And I'm going out there filling up my tank, getting 25 cents back from every gallon of gas every time I fill up. I was a little skeptical. I gotta be honest. Get Upside. New sponsor. I was like, let me check out this app. It's a free app. You download it. You want to go get gas. You look on the app. It tells you who their partners are, which gas stations you can get cash back from. And so you go fill up and when you sign up, use promo code touchdown, you get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank of gas. So I got 50 cents per gallon back on my first tank 10 more bucks right back in my pocket it was kind of crazy so uh, it's pretty amazing you just go open up the app when you need to get gas it'll tell you which gas stations have some deals you claim your deal you go fill up and you get 25 cents per gallon back and use promo code touchdown again for an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank that's 50 cents per gallon back on your first tank uh the cash gets added right back into your account and you can withdraw it at any time straight to your bank account paypal you can buy an e-gift card um, just download the free get Upside app use promo code touchdown shiloh rashal what comes to your mind crock wink when you hear the name shiloh rashal what comes to my mind is deshaun jackson who i was mm. convinced way back in 2008 young brian peacock watching the draft nfl draft enthusiast a dude that just went off for Cal locally. I couldn't even believe he was still there in the second round for the 49ers. Um, They had already wasted a first-round pick on, I think it was Kentuan Balmer that year, and just thinking, oh, my God, why did you not draft him in the first round? He's still there in the second round. It was free money for the 49ers to go select wide receiver Deshaun Jackson. Uh, It it affected me so much that my good friends that were watching the draft with me called Deshaun Jackson Shiloh Rashal for years after that. Because of how <laughs> blown away I was that the 49ers selected guard Shiloh Rochelle and not Deshaun Jackson, who is sitting there. Deshaun Jackson just got released. They were trying to find a trade for him. He wanted out. Wasn't getting used enough with the Los Angeles Rams. He has been waived now. What do you guys think? Deshaun Jackson. Add a little bit of speed to the 49ers offense. Or is it too late? Should they have done that in 2008 when he was there forming the draft?
2: He still got the speed. Last I checked, he was averaging like 25 yards per reception this year, so he's still stretching the ball and there were a few missed opportunities where uh uh Stafford underthrew him. Like yeah. like multiple times in one game then he finally got him in the second half. So he still definitely somehow some way has the ability to get behind secondaries. He's the same age as me and I can't run the same in my life, but this guy he's still getting behind secondaries. <laughs> I think he makes sense if your quarterback is Trey Lance. I don't know how much sense he makes if your quarterback is Jimmy Garoppolo because I don't know if – I mean, obviously we saw Jimmy throw the ball downfield twice, one to Iyuk and then, you know, which he missed, but then he threw the the post route to Debo Samuel. Is that who Jimmy will now be? And if so, then, yeah, I mean, even Deshaun Jackson makes sense for him. But I really like him for Trey Lance because I look at how the Carolina Panthers kind of constructed that offense around Cam Newton – and it was big 6'5 guys who have a wide catch radius, right? So I don't have to be super accurate. And then I have the speedster and Ted Ginn who can just get behind guys and I just have to throw it as far as I can and let guys run under it. And I think uh, Trey Lance right now, those are things that are really helping because I look at Debo Samuel, I look at Brandon Ayut, and with those guys you just have to be so accurate because the room for error is small. But with a guy like Deshaun Jackson you're able to just throw it and let him run under it, man, I think he'd be money for Trey Lance right now.
0: I think he works out for Jimmy Garoppolo too. I mean, the the formula kind of works, right? You go back to the Super Bowl season and what's the big difference between what the Niners had then and their receiving core is now. We just saw him on Sunday as Marquise Goodwin. You know, it's a guy who can go deep, who can stretch the field, who even if you don't take that shot, him running... Deep, you know, makes the defense think twice about it. It maybe opens mm-hmm. up the middle a little bit for Kittle, you know, for Debo, for Ayuk, for these guys that aren't necessarily these vertical threat guys. I love the Deshaun Jackson idea. I think that if you can get him for cheap, I mean, you're looking at a half a season. He's not going to be that expensive, right? I think it's great for for whoever's under center for, for the 49ers.
1: You would think he would be able to jump in pretty quickly, too, right? He's yeah. just with the Rams. McVay's terminology can't be too much different from what Kyle Shanahan has in place with the 49ers. And then you could sort of stop the charade. The, the reason I would want Deshaun Jackson, not only because he has the speed and you can you, you make some big plays. Um, yeah, for spacing for the 49ers offense, for Trey Lance especially, does does the roster need him to sort of solidify the wide receiver group too? He moves in instantly to the number three job. And then you mm-hmm. have um, a play. You can move him around. You can move Iuke inside on third downs. You can, when you go three wide, you can move Debo in the slot. When you go three wide, you can put Deshaun Jackson in the slot. Um, and you know not you, you can stop screwing around with, uh, with, I, I can't even think of his name, Travis Benjamin Sanu. and like Sanu and all these guys. Like you need some speed on the, on the offense. And it really just solidify the depth chart to me. You have a clear one, two, three, let's go.
2: Yeah. And I mean, the 49ers have been looking for this guy, right? You talked about Travis Benjamin. He's supposed mm. to be in theory, a speedster. Obviously last year you had Tavon Austin that they brought in JJ Nelson. So he has been looking for a guy to be that pure speedster to stretch the field. But right now they don't have it. The the one thing that I'm interested to know, especially with Deshaun Jackson, his unhappiness and why what led to, you know, him being released from the Rams was lack of targets. Would that continue with the 49ers, you know? For whatever reason, the Rams, you know, I mean, Cooper Cup he has almost 1,000 yards already halfway through the season. So he's getting a lot of targets. You also have Robert Woods. And then they draft, you know, they have uh, Van Jefferson. He was a second-round pick last year. They drafted 2-2 Otwell this year. So I think there's just, you know, got to be a cluster of guys. But with the 49ers... Please, Deshaun Jackson, is that a desirable destination for him? And that's the part where I, I'm not sure. We're talking about him as just a, a deep threat speedster. I think he feels like he can be even more than just that.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. He could run those dig routes. Um, he could He could line up in a lot of places. He could he help Jimmy better, Garoppolo, right? but would he be disappointed with how often he's targeted by Jimmy Garoppolo? And right. here's the thing. And John Lynch, the, probably the reason the Niners wouldn't really even – uh, try to go down that road is I think he's due maybe one and a half million the rest of the year, so it's not like the the salary's not a huge issue I don't think uh, if they wanted to claim him because he got waives, so you have to he's got to clear waivers first, so they could claim him off waivers or wait until he becomes a free agent tomorrow if nobody claims him, um, and then maybe he makes even less than one point five million the rest of the year. But John Lynch might not want to bring in because he Deshaun Jackson doesn't have the greatest reputation. He wanted out already of one team this year. Uh, being a malcontent guy, a guy that maybe doesn't work that hard, just kind of coasts on his speed, maybe doesn't, um, you know, try that hard all the time and, you know, maybe is a pain in the ass. So uh, I don't know if that's a guy that John Lynch would even want to try to bring in.
0: Yeah, you you say that. and It's funny. I, I did a podcast a long time ago with a friend of mine. I, I won't name her name, but she went to Cal with him, and, and his nickname there was Mishon Jackson. So, you know, <laughs> I, I'm not sure he'd want to come in and play a second fiddle. I think that wherever he goes, he's going to want to, be be the guy. He's going to want to get, you know, five, ten targets a game. Like, it, he just – he doesn't seem like the kind of guy that just wants to be a role player, just wants to go deep.
2: I, I think he understands where he's at now in his career. I mean, he's, he's he 34, should. 35 years old. Like, you know, he, he's not 21-year-old Deshaun Jackson, you know, fresh out of University then why would Cal. you want to
0: get out of a place like L.A. where they're probably going to win a Super Bowl? Like, that just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. got me
2: there. It's a good question, yeah.
1: And, like, where, where's a better situation for him yeah. –
2: well, how many win. targets does he have on a year? I mean, that's the Not thing. A lot, but and, and, he's got a few touchdowns, right?
1: He's made Is some he, big plays, but I don't think he's he's got a ton. Yeah, you can find I that know, I right feel now. Feel
2: like he he still wants to be the man, or else why would he leave? How, how does about that this? ring? Right? I'm what? Pulling a, up his numbers right now, he does, has.
0: Does somebody like Atlanta claim him because of what's happening with Ridley?
2: Yeah, maybe. Well, and they targets. would have first
1: dibs, too, some of those teams with bad records. That's how the 49ers could kind of get in front of some of the playoff teams if they wanted to claim him rather than waiting for him to come, become a free agent. But also his agent might be out there saying, hey, don't claim him because he's not going to come play for your team. He's it's not going to report, like two yeah. Teams right. you know, he um, probably wants to go to the Chiefs or something.
2: So he, has, he only has 15 targets, eight mm. catches on 15 targets, 221 yards. He's averaging over 27 yards per Ooh. catch.
0: How many touchdowns, two?
1: One uh, touchdown, 75-yarder. Just one? Okay. Or his long catch is 75 yards. I'm not sure if that was a touchdown.
2: He's definitely stretching the field, though, to to, to have, you know, 221 yards on eight catches.
1: (laughs) That's impressive. (laughs) But, yeah, for targets, he's getting – Tyler Higby has more targets. Daryl Henderson, the running back, has more targets. uh, And and three wide receivers have more targets, Cup, Woods, and Jefferson, than him. So he probably doesn't want to be fifth, sixth fiddle when it comes to targets in that offense. So I guess I could see – I could see that, but yeah, where's he gonna end up? Who knows? We'll find out. Maybe Las Vegas. This story's crazy. With yeah, Henry Ruggs, middle of the night, like three thirty in the morning, gets in an accident, and unfortunately, someone has passed away because of that accident. I don't know the details if it was a passenger in his car because his car looked like it was in bad shape. Corvette smashed up in the front, um, but you know, luckily he had some non-life-threatening injuries and, and he had to go to the hospital for it, but. Um,
2: I believe it was the person in the other car. It was the other car, yeah. Okay,
1: yeah, Toyota. And, um, yeah, he's going to get charged with DUI with, uh, I forget the way it's worded, but essentially, yeah, DUI with bodily harm, DUI with death, which is uh and was like, kind of look some of this stuff up just to see what that means it's a it's a felony it's a felony charge in the state of nevada minimum two years prison up to 20 years in prison
0: no now, probation could, too
1: maybe he could plea out of that and get lower but when you see minimum two years i don't know if they'll plea lower than that so he might go to the can for a couple of years with this it's like folks it's tough if you're going out don't
2: even take the car well you know don't the just uber home especially... uber away too and and i and i you know i'm guilty of i had what they call wet and reckless so when i was 23 24 years old uh my mm-hmm. rookie year in the arena football league you know we're driving we're leaving this little after party thing after a vehicle, uh, after a, a victory and you know i get busted for that you know and uh i understand like kind of how how easily it can happen and and now obviously since my situation i'm much more aware of it and really truly understand you know you go through the class and, and everything and you and you do that whole thing and and you it really puts things in perspective sometimes you know when you're younger you think like oh you know nothing's gonna happen right. to me or nothing's gonna you know and a lot of people think they're invincible and situations like this situations like mine let me know you're not and i'm lucky that you know i walked away with just okay you gotta do these couple classes right do this and a fine because it could have been a situation like what he's going through now and, you know, it, it's 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 unfortunate, especially in the NFL. Well, just any walks of life, you're kind of an a-hole if you're, if you're doing this. And same with me back when I was younger. But um, now, especially in the NFL, they have all kinds of services that you can use. They have, uh, you know, uh, these drivers you can have and these different little party. But, like, you can call, like, the NFL will provide something for you. I know when I went out, when I was with the Jets, One of my guys, Ellis Langster, he got us a little thing and it was provided by like the team or whatever. Um, Even now, it's easier for Uber and Lyft and all those things. I mean, you can pull up on your phone. So it's extremely irresponsible and it's really unfortunate what happened to, you know, someone, they lost a family member. and, and, And that's really sad.
1: You know Lorenzo Neal, who I ran into a few times uh, in San Francisco. He was doing media stuff there, and I was also bartending. And um, he had a service in the Fresno area because he's a former Fresno guy, and uh, he had a service in Fresno where it was free service. You call him up, and they give you a ride home. And and you know that's that's for a non millionaire athlete. If you're a millionaire athlete, you got to have a driver. You got to have a, a you know. And again, like, don't even don't do the thing where you drive to the club thinking oh then maybe i'll I'll get a ride home you're not going to get a ride home don't even take your car in the first place if you're going out uber out like start with the lift first have a driver if you're you know if you got that much cash i mean that's like what what do you even you know
2: guys want to pull up they want to stunt with the new corvette and everything you know Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: that's that's not past
2: that you got to get past that
1: got to that's not the time and then uh yeah life hinges on it too it's not just I mean, Uh, it's not just getting arrested, getting in trouble, getting a DUI. There's there's much worse things that can happen in that. Yeah. All right, let's get to some listener questions to finish up this Winky Wednesday. Back and better than ever, the NFL season, betonline.ag along with it, and a new web interface for the start of the NBA season, basketball, college basketball, more props, odds, lines than ever before. Football season is rolling, college football as well, Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Congratulations to those Atlanta Braves who are now World Series champions. No longer betting on baseball, although there are some futures if you want to get involved in the 2022 baseball season at BetOnline.ag. NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. An even line so far. Niners at three and four hosting the seven and one NFC West division leading Arizona Cardinals. Yet the cards are not favored. Interesting line there in week nine. If you want to get in on that action, you can at Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online where the game starts. Built Bar is simply the best tasting protein bar ever and a whole bunch of new flavors flowing through Built.com. Uh, I like the Blueberry Muffin, 140 calories, 17 grams of protein, only 6 grams of sugar. They've got the new Puff line with Strawberry Puff, Coconut Marshmallow Puff, and Paranormal Pumpkin Puff, and even a mystery flavor. I don't know what that's all about. I know it's 140 calories, though, and 17 grams of protein and covered in 100% delicious and 100% real chocolate as are all of the built bars go with peanut butter and you will not be disappointed that is my favorite but a ton of new flavors coming through builtbar.com at all times yeah builtbar.com still works or built.com if you don't want to type as much the new url there built.com for built bars low carb low calorie low fat low sugar high protein all healthy snack a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. And you can get 15% off your next box of Built bars. Just go to built.com, use promo code locked15 to, to get that 15% off of your order. Promo code locked15 for 15% off at built.com. Wink, by the way, we haven't really talked that much about last week's game. Croc and I mm-hmm. talked about it a little bit. Croc thought it was pretty much same old Jimmy. I thought there was a little extra with Jimmy, an yeah. extra vibe there. Did you think that, did you think Jimmy brought some uh, some more some more heat to Chicago with him? Was it the friends and family? Can we see more of that? Jimmy he was yelling on the sideline. I don't know. I, I felt it was a little bit different.
0: No, I'm with you on that. You know, you, you could just hear it. You could see him on the sidelines. Like you said, a- after a turnover, he's over there. He's like, guys, it's fine. Everything's going to be. All right. Let's like, let's get through this. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. I think maybe you're right. Maybe it's the, the homecoming situation for him where he's there. He's in front of a bunch of people. Maybe it, it's just all the talk. Maybe it's finally gotten to him. Maybe he saw the clips of, when he first showed up and people calling him out, like, where's this Jimmy? Where's this Jimmy? You know, and, and hopefully we see it again this weekend because it's a huge game. You know, if he comes and he balls out like he did this past weekend, the, the 49ers have a great chance to, to take care of the
1: Cardinals. You need that, though. You need that leadership. You need that fire. And we had talked about it last week, and it was like he was listening to the podcast or went back yeah. and watched that video from 2017 because that's kind of what it. I saw. I, I, was, I was somewhat surprised by that. Croc, did you happen to see the question from Peter here about the the equipment and the knee pads? No, find the thigh and knee pads. What do you think about the new thigh pads? By the way, where everyone's got these uh, these custom thigh pads that have maybe their number in them or you know some kind of a picture or something. Have you guys noticed that? It's it's all the rage yeah. with these young. It was great. No, in the NFL.
2: Wish I could have had that. Well, you know my so my rookie in the in the AFL and it was the same in the NFL at this time. You didn't have to wear thigh pads, knee pads, none of that. Uh, it wasn't until I remember when I got to the NFL that was when they first kind of adopted that new thing again, where you have to wear thigh pads, knee pads. Uh, I want as small as light uh, thigh pads, knee pads. They really absolutely do nothing. I mean, maybe if you're like going to get kneed in a thigh or right. something like that, but aside from that, they're they're kind of pointless. So I want them to be as like unnoticeable as possible. But uh, I think it's Kyler Murray. He has like Bruce Lee. On one of his uh, thigh pads. Yes, that's cool. A lot of other the guys they have um, they have you know their number or the forty ers yeah. logo. They are they are really really cool. I like them.
1: This one from Niner Nut. He says, "I love Elijah Mitchell, but do you think the offense will open up more with Jeff Wilson Jr. when he comes back from the IR?" Mitchell stated he notices he's missing a lot of holes after reviewing the game film. What do you think? Does Jeff Wilson Jr. change much? I I think that Jeff Wilson Jr. is going to be. Uh, at best, a deep number two to Elijah Mitchell when he comes back. Yeah. That's the vibe I get. I think this is Elijah Mitchell's job the rest of the way.
0: No, I think you nailed it. I think that Wilson kind of slots into what Hasty's doing right now, kind of that third down back.
1: He Which is good. The ball, be he's a little change of pace. He's got a little, and, and really uh, Jeff Wilson coming back really hurts Sermon because he would be the one that's a similar style oh. <laughs> that has a little bit more thump to him, so Thurman's really gonna, I mean, uh, Sermon's really not going to see the field now.
2: Right. Brutal. It's yeah. brutal for Trey Sermon. Mm-hmm.
0: He might not even be dressing on weekends.
2: If if this is how it's going to be with him, they were better off potentially trying to like salvage this whole thing and move him at the trade deadline. And if you can get a fourth for him or if you can get a fifth for a team that really needs a running back, but, I mean, who's really trading for a running back? Because it's the most plug-and-play position right. out there.
0: Kind of does he have, too, you know, when you're out there trying to sell this guy.
2: Oh, yeah, look, we love him so much, but, you
0: know, uh, we just <laughs> we just got too many right now. You got to take him off our hands. He's our favorite.
1: Did you guys think there was just a little tiny bit of a hint of a chance that Jimmy G was going to get traded today? I did. Uh-uh. I, yeah, I thought maybe,
0: like, you know, Saints might call. You know, I mean, a team like that, a team that has high expectations that just, you know, they lost Winston for the year. Like, I thought that was a major possibility.
1: I want to go to not, well, maybe a listener to the show. Shout out to Jesse Sapolo if he's listening. But we haven't given enough love to the offensive line for the game they played Sunday. And I think a lot of the offensive line, especially the right side, has taken a lot of heat this season. Mm-hmm. But according to Pro Football Focus, and uh, I'm relaying this from David Lombardi who put it out there yesterday, that the 49ers offensive line has the number four pass blocking and the number four run blocking grades in the NFL. Wow, previous Shanahan teams that. have been better run blocking than pass blocking, but they've been better pass blocking. There's been a couple games where there's been some hiccups from McGlinchey and Dan Brunskill, especially that Cardinals game. But overall, and and some fans that were crushing the offensive line earlier on in the season, yeah, maybe you want some couple players to maybe play a little bit better. But you got to look around the league at how bad some offensive lines yeah. are, and almost every team's got a swinging gate somewhere.
2: I've been saying that about the secondary as well. But you know, I think sometimes we notice, you know, or you know, a lot of fans. They'll notice a play here and there or oh my gosh, McGlinchy got bullied. He's terrible. Or oh I was mad. Look how he got pushed back. Like, oh man, that right side of that line is just terrible. They'll notice a little rep on a on a replay, but a lot of times they don't notice, you know, like the full picture of things and right. how guys are playing overall. And, you know, the secondary, they've kind of been bitten by that narrative as well because they got like the number five pass defense in the NFL. They are not terrible. Obviously, they have to clean up the pass interference calls, but they're not, they're not. You got to go watch other teams. And that's what I put on Twitter today. Like, go watch some other teams' secondaries and kind of see what they're going through. And it is a lot worse than what the 49ers have going on, right. even with Josh Norman out there.
0: And like you said, they got to clean up the, the pass interference penalties, and they did. You know, and they, yeah. and they won the football game. Back to the offensive line real quick. Like, you – what a difference Trent Williams makes, right? I mean, yeah, he, he didn't have his best game ever as a 49er, but he's clearly a leader on that offensive line. And that left side, you know, with him and Tomlinson, that's as good as it gets in the NFL.
1: Oh, yeah, and look, and it's easy to forget, they had they, they didn't have Cleo Mack, which would have might have been trouble for that other side of yeah. the offensive line, but they'd have Robert Quinn, who's rushing on Trent Williams' side most of the, the day. And Trent Williams did a great job on him. There was one mm-hmm. uh, holding penalty, essentially, but that was like his... He was, was upset like,
2: by that. You could see him like, yeah. "What? Like holding on me?"
1: Yeah. So yeah, Trent Williams is a, a beast. He's he's probably the best offensive lineman in the NFL right now. Like, I right. think
2: he's the highest graded. It, it was like he has his grade was. I don't know if it was just from this last week or if it was overall, but I saw something with like a ninety-five PFF grade.
1: But anyway, Jesse Spolo, it was a good point by him. Said Jimmy played great because our offensive line played great, and of yeah. course, spoken like a true offensive lineman. Said we will go as far as those five guys takes us let's go Niners so that was hard to argue the that. message from Jesse Sapolo. yeah that's it is definitely hard to argue with that one a uh, real quick one email from John he says hey guys quick question given that it's Crocky's specialty maybe he wants to take a stab at it as you mentioned on Monday's episode third down conversion is a big issue but for this year and even long-term trend the Niners always seemed low on the interception totem pull tied for second to last this year with two picks uh, middle of the pack the last couple of years, 2018, dead last in the NFL, still an NFL record. Remember that year they just did yeah. not take the ball away, uh, and that was two that year um, for the whole season. So about you know bottom of the half or so in giveaways and takeaways, and the Norman Peanut Punch and Sunday Night Football Monsoon has helped us get fumbled recoveries, but we're still fourth to last in turnover differential. His question after all that. That wasn't a quick question, by the way, John. You started by saying it's going to be a quick question. (laughs) Is the low interception rate personnel, coverage, bad luck, defense, philosophy? What is it, Croc?
2: There could be a mix of, you know, a few different things, especially like scheme. Teams that run a little bit more zone tend to have more interceptions because you have more eyes on the ball coming out of the quarterback's hands, but... I would say the issue with the 49ers right now, they just don't have any playmakers. Yeah. Right. Like that's the issue with the interceptions. Like, who's the guy that that makes the plays? And I think no matter what scheme you run, guys that make plays, they find ways to make plays. And I'm gonna call out Manuel Mosley right now because I I believe it was him. He had an opportunity. Now he would have had to be a playmaker to make this play. And clearly he just hasn't been that for most of his career. But there was this deep crossing route to start the second half. By I want to say it was the tight end. I don't know if it's commit or what, uh, Cole commit or whatever. But it was a deep crossing route, and you could see the corner to that side kind of sitting off, and he's kind of running vertical with a guy. But some guys that just have a knack for making plays, they'd see that crosser and know that's where the quarterback's going, and they'll peel off their guy and jump the route and get a pick, and the quarterback would never see him. Some guys just have a knack for doing things like mm-hmm. that. Some don't. And if you guys want like a reference of what this kind of looks like. Watch J.C. Horn against Auburn Uh, his last year, I believe. He had an amazing game. He had two picks. But one of the picks, he was actually running vertical with someone. He saw the crosser coming. He peeled off of the guy he was in man coverage with and um, saw where the quarterback was going to throw the ball, jumped the route, picked it off. And, I mean, he's just a playmaker, and some guys have a knack for doing that. Some guys don't or they don't want to take that risk. So there's some of that as well. No risk it, no biscuit. (laughs)
1: last one really quick this one from terry via email he says looking for your opinion i think kyle should relinquish play calling for a game to see if that can spark an attitude change or something different on offense and actually they ended up sparking it this was before but i got this question a lot about kyle shanahan should he give up play calling duties to be able to focus on head coaching during the game wink your thoughts
0: no i like kyle's play calling i I want him to stick with it. it yeah if anything else just get another guy to help you if you're, yeah, are you missing special teams? Like, what do you, what are you missing? What, what's not hitting for you as head coach? Because I, I, and fill that hole. But I, I want him playing, call
2: plays. Nah, I, yeah, I, I agree. No, he needs to be calling the plays. I think where he can do better is maybe put together like a council, like a captain council that you know we talked about it with the New York Giants and their Super Bowl run, and even when things weren't going great, they had four straight losses, but they had a captain council that hold the held the guys accountable. Um, You know, if guys aren't giving their all like, you know, maybe what they were saying Brandon Ike was going through Mm. those guys, the players will hold him accountable. So so, you know, Shanahan, you don't have to focus on this aspect of coaching. You focus on what you do and we'll make sure that everything else is intact. Uh, Maybe he needs to put together one of those things. I like that to kind of delegate certain responsibilities to the players and them police themselves so he can focus more on game planning and not so much on oh, my gosh, right I have to answer these questions every day. And- yeah, or, or
1: the opposite, hire like an assistant head coach type of guy or somebody you who's go. you know, really or good that. with game management that can be in his ear and help him out with you know, clock stuff or something else that's going on, and I, you know, some, someone up in the booth to help him out and have a different uh, viewpoint of things and, and take some off of his plate so he can go back to doing what he does best, which is play calling, which is why he brought Kyle Shanahan in in the first place, yep. so you don't want to take yep. that away from him. Right. All right, fantastic stuff. Wink, thank you for joining us here on Locked On 49ers as always. My pleasure, guys. Thanks, everybody, for listening and making us your first listen every single day. Croc and I back. It's it's crossover time again Thursday, getting ready for Week 9 and the Arizona Cardinals. It keeps coming fast in the NFL week after week. I love it. We'll be back with you then right here, Locked on 49ers. See ya. Peace.